0: Marty Smith's America is brought to you by NetSuite. There's enough uncertainty to go around right now with COVID-19. NetSuite reduces it by giving you visibility and control. With so many critical decisions to make, you need the right numbers, and you need them right now. NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. With NetSuite, we give you financials, cash flow, payroll, inventory, and more all in one place so you have clear visibility and total control of your business. NetSuite customers have the flexibility to work from anywhere with immediate clarity on critical information right at their fingertips. No more guessing. No more waiting. Make smarter decisions with confidence, because you've got crystal clear visibility into your numbers. Join more than 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to stay in control. Receive your free guide Managing Business Uncertainty, and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash marty. Don't wait. Get your free guide and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash marty. That's netsuite.com slash marty. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Welcome to Marty Smith's America. This is volume 100-something. I don't know. Travis made me quit counting. It has been quite a week uh, of learning experiences and a lot of television appearances and a lot of reporting and press conferences and zoom calls with NASCAR race car drivers and teleconferences with NASCAR officials in the wake of everything that transpired at Talladega Super Speedway. So I wasn't able to uh, tape a podcast this week. Uh, I wanted my podcast this week to be what Ryan McGee and I chose to discuss on our Marty and McGee program on Saturday morning regarding everything we've experienced over the last week, and so has Bubba Wallace. And so we wanted to give you that as the podcast this week. So without further ado, here it is, Marty Smith's America, care of Marty and McGee. Here you go. Uh, There has been so
1: much news, and you and I collectively have been covering NASCAR for almost a combined half century.
0: That's correct.
1: And, um, and I would say um, with some degree of confidence that uh, this past week was like nothing that has ever been seen before by us or like nothing that has ever been seen before by anyone who has been around for NASCAR's entire 72 years of driving in circles on this planet. And, uh, and it started the day after we were on the radio doing this show, and you were standing in the parking lot of the Talladega Superspeedway, and uh, a week ago on Sunday, it was a day that started predictably in the morning with um, various uh, pushback on the Confederate flag ban. Uh, uh, someone paid upwards of a couple of thousand dollars to have a Confederate flag and a defund NASCAR banner pulled behind a plane. Meanwhile, there was the uh, the convoy of pickup trucks uh, pulling Confederate flags, kind of, I guess, running around the perimeter of the racetrack, and, you know, various flags here and there, and that, that was predictable. Uh, the part that wasn't predictable was what happened that night uh, when NASCAR put out a press release, a statement, uh, saying that a noose had been found in garage stall number four, of their still brand new garage, which had only been used for one other race weekend in October of 2019. And that was a uh, that was found having to be the garage stall of Bubba Wallace. Uh, and everyone knows that Bubba Wallace, if you didn't know who he was a month ago, you know who he is now. And that includes everyone from uh, members of my family to LeBron James uh, because Bubba Wallace has taken a stand in the fight for racial equality. And when the word got out that that noose had been found, the drivers, his fellow competitors in the NASCAR Cup Series, um, organized uh, an impromptu sign of support for Bubba Wallace and pushed his car out to the front of the grid during the pre-race ceremonies on Monday because the race was rained out on Sunday. And it was one of the most striking moments, the only moment in the history of, again, 72 years of NASCAR when every competitor on the racetrack or on pit road Lined up to support one driver. The only other time being 1998, when Dale Earnhardt finally won the Daytona 500 after two decades of trying. And, uh, and then you and I both hit every platform there was to express our frustration and our outrage. Uh, not just at the noose, but also at, you know, again, the predictable pushback on the Confederate flag ban. And then on Tuesday... Uh, FBI investigators, and there were what fifteen of them?
0: That's correct.
1: And they said that the noose was actually a rope pull that had been fashioned into a noose. And the FBI used the word "noose" four times in a very brief statement. Oh yeah, they released on at Tuesday.
0: Just, yeah. just look at our McGee's Twitter feed or mine. It's there. You can see it.
1: And uh, there's no debating it. And in the days since. Um I guess the most I guess the easiest way to put it, the simplest way to put it is that uh my social media experience will never be the same again because I'm just not gonna deal with it. And uh you and I both have owned the fact that we followed NASCAR's lead down a very emotional road and their reaction to the noose. Um, it was a noose. Uh yes I wish NASCAR had released the picture a couple of days earlier than they did. Um, NASCAR President Steve Phelps has said their language. Uh, it could have used one allegedly in their initial statement on Sunday night about a, a quote, heinous act. And um, But I still uh, I stand behind the anger that I felt and the frustration that I felt and the open letter that I wrote on ESPN.com that wasn't just toward the person that we believed had left that noose, that, by the way, was there uh, in October of 2019 when the garage first opened. Um, But I also had that pointed toward the guy who flew the flag around the track and the guys who drove their flags around the track and the people who went on social media uh, backing those guys up. And, yeah, I use the word redneck. And you and I throw that word around all the time as a term of endearment but it can also be an insult. And it's only an insult to the people who stand up and, and self-identify as the person that I was pointing it at.
0: You know, uh, it's been an extremely emotional week. A very difficult week. And a very uh, insecure week in a lot of ways for me. Um, And I'll tell you why. So, so... Just to kind of unpack what happened on Sunday night for me, and I know that James has a thing on our screen that says we got to out at 10 after. That ain't happening, bro, so we're going to have to figure it out. Um, I was asleep in the RV that I drove to Talladega. I was, I had just barely, just barely gotten asleep for the evening, and my phone started ringing and ringing and ringing, and it was uh, several different people uh, from NASCAR, from uh, ESPN. My producer was calling me, and she woke me up. And she said, you need to get dressed. You're going to be on television in about eight minutes. And I said, for what? I mean, I was, you know, I had nothing on but shorts. And I was like, I, I, well, I need a net What? And she said, have you not seen? Check your email. And so I looked and I I, I opened up my email and I read this. Late this afternoon, NASCAR was made aware that a noose was found in the garage stall of the 43 team. We are angry and outraged and cannot state strongly enough how seriously we take this heinous act we have launched an immediate investigation and will do everything we can to identify the person or persons responsible and eliminate them from the sport as we have stated unequivocally there's no place for racism in nascar and this act only strengthens our resolve to make the sport open and welcoming to all that's what i read that is a very definitive statement that is a statement that Immediately, I was confused, and I th- then I went through this range of motion that ultimately wound up with overwhelming anger and disappointment for all of my friends in the sport. And and you look, we spent I spent my entire adult life in the NASCAR garage. I have covered the sport since 1998, and it's 2020, and I have a lot, and I mean a lot of friends in there, and I know that they are very kind hard-working folks and so to to think and 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 all of this is in the context of of the environment mcgee just mentioned it's in the context of the fact that with COVID 19 there is one third of the typical workforce in there and so as, as as definitive as this statement was there was no in my estimation there was no Gray area emotionally for what I was seeing in my mind. And so, uh, of course, went on Scott Van Pelt. A lot of y'all have seen that. Um, and I gave an impassioned, impassioned, angry response and, and, and reaction to what I read and what was in my mind. And I had had a conversation with NASCAR before I went on TV, uh, to offer my, perspective on it and so in the aftermath of the fbi investigation uh confirming or or finding that there was no hate crime against bubba wallace there was no hate crime directed at bubba wallace um you know you you sit there and you really analyze yourself and you you consider okay you know thank god Thank God there is no hate crime towards Bubba Wallace. Thank God this was not directed at him. And then you go, okay, I'm going to analyze my own reaction and my own reaction was trust uh, was was true. It was just because it was offered in the context of the facts as NASCAR stated them in that statement. All right. So, I want to I want to forward that by saying when Steve Phelps the president of the sport and 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 his staff saw the noose that all of you not all many of you have seen and again if you haven't you can it's all over the internet now because NASCAR released an official photo that was taken on Sunday evening by the the investigative team uh in the garage and one of those NASCAR uh security members took that photograph Sunday evening. Um they reacted to what they saw, and what they saw right there was one of their family members being attacked. And so they acted swiftly and aggressively, and Steve Phelps said on Thursday, I think it was, when he addressed the media via teleconference, that, anything that any verbiage that was in that language that was misleading in that statement, he owns it, because he was defending a family member. And oddly enough, that's how Ryan McGee felt too, and that's how I felt too. Ryan's known Bubba Wallace since he was 17. So have I. And we, based on that statement and what was running through our minds in that moment, uh, we defended the sport and we we made the decision that we were going to be emotional about it. And um, I will tell you, just personally, um, I won't apologize for what I said and how I said it. You won't hear me apologize. So if you are expecting an apology from me, don't. I've seen many people. I don't, I don't read Twitter, but it's been made aware to me from other people that some folks are really angry and feel like we owe the sport an apology. I, I can't wrap my hands around why that would be the case. We, we defended the sport with great passion. And also, I can't say plainer that I love Talladega Super Speedway. I love the Talladega Super Speedway staff, and it's my favorite race.
1: I said that on Van Pelt that night. You've as long as I've known you.
0: I don't know how much plainer I can say it, so I'm very confused by what I've learned is some of the things that are being said. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, The only things that I would do different are I would not curse. I should never have cursed. That was unprofessional on my part. And I would make sure that my passion for what I was saying uh, did not go so deeply into emotion. Outside of that, I ain't changing nothing. And I'm not going to apologize because what my message is is this. This is what I mean. I want kindness to be my compass. That's the message. And everything that was done by NASCAR and everything that was said by me and, and a lot of peers, not just me, me, a lot of peers was because kindness is the compass and the frustration that this could happen in that arena. And so for those of you who may not know the whole story, quickly before we uh, get to break here, um, as McGee stated a moment ago, the FBI investigation revealed that that noose had been fashioned in October of twenty nineteen in garage stall number four. It was not there according to NASCAR at the outset of that weekend. At the beginning of that weekend it was not there. It was it was there at the end of the weekend. So it was fashioned at some point in that stall that weekend in October. So a bunch of people saw it.
1: And it was a noose and, and it was a noose the FBI called it that that's what it was. It wasn't a conspiracy. There's no Photoshop. It, it is what it is. And uh, we may never know why that was tied. It might have been some board crew guy standing there fiddling around. It might have been someone trying to commit a hate crime. But at the end of the day, it was a noose. At the end of the day, the context of the moment matters. That's why everyone, including us, reacted the way they reacted. And uh, we weren't yelling at a fan base. We were yelling at someone that we believed had committed a hate crime. We were also yelling at the people who had their middle fingers up in the form of confederate flags that morning and if it offends you that i call them rednecks then i'm sorry you are one dan formerly of effingham is on the line dan it's been a while how you doing brother what's up
2: man man i'm doing good how you guys doing boys
0: blessed
1: yeah we're uh we're awake for you
0: huh yeah you could say that
1: yeah There are people out there who've had worse weeks, but we certainly have not had, uh, uh, we we certainly have had an interesting week.
2: Here's my epiphany that I just realized this morning because Marty apologized for cursing. Uh, Apparently, the P word for urinating is a curse word now.
0: Excuse can you please repeat that? that? (laughs) What?
2: It sounded like in your video they bleeped out while I'm bleeped off, meaning I put that as the P word. Well, no, look, man, there's no,
0: look, I. They they should, uh, that's fine. I say but that I, all the time, but Dan's but I'm a preacher. A Dan's a pastor. <laughs> <Dan's a,
2: laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I think what we're saying here is that Dan is a preacher. You said I Dan say is, that all the time, and I, I'm a pastor. I think pastors have the ability to determine what is a cuss word and what is not. And so, uh, so there you go. Well, yeah,
2: that's, I, that's what I'm saying. You guys are allowed to say the a word. The only time I say that's using the KJV. So I, I'm still, I'm totally <laughs> confused right now.
1: <laughs> so am I so am I how you been
2: I'm good man this whole this whole corona thing just got me depressed where honestly I didn't want to get out of bed to listen to y'all in the mornings and finally we're getting back to life so that's why I'm here and I'm back and we're getting back to some normal to be honest and I'm getting excited about it well good but hey question for you sincere question and and you guys know I'm about as big a NASCAR fan as there is but I'm gonna bring a little bit of humor to the situation but also ask a serious question. So, here's the analogy. Your wife finds a pair of panties in the tr- in your pickup truck. Now, my wife, because she ain't got no reason to get upset, she's going to look at me and go, hey, what are these doing here? And she's not going <laughs> to overreact. But if your, her friends have been telling her for the last month and a half, hey, your husband's cheating, my husband's cheating, your husband's going to cheat, and just all men are scum, they're all going to cheat, she'd overreact. Or if I had been a scumbag and been, you know, getting late-night texts, coming home late, watching too long his girl passed by at the pool right she'd have reason to believe okay. now which which is it? is is nascar the the scumbag who's been looking at it and we actually got a problem and the wife was justified or did we overreact because everybody's been telling us that nascar's got a problem and and it's worse than i think it is
1: well first of all i want america to appreciate the fact that a man of the Lord has called here. And, uh, I, 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 my, my favorite thing about preachers having grown up going to small churches is a good preacher who can pull off the perfect analogy. And we just have, uh, our, our favorite preacher, uh, Dan calling in here and giving us the, uh, the wife finding the panties under the seat of the truck analogy. <laughs> Talk about
0: And, and on? he also informed us that, that, Peeved off, yeah, uh, is completely appropriate, right?
1: So this is big.
0: This has been a revelatory call. It has Church been a rel- cleaner,
1: revelatory call. But I, but I get I get his point, and and the point is that I you know I just think
0: that unfortunately,
1: and this was acknowledged by Steve Phelps, President NASCAR, is what Marty and I have talked about on every ESPN platform, um, and and I said this on Outside the Lines uh, on Friday in a parting shot, which is. The intent of what NASCAR said with so much fire and so much passion on Sunday night uh, when it came to the noose, and the FBI has called it a noose in Bubba Wallace's garage Salt at Talladega, the intent to show support for Bubba Wallace, the intent to send a message to all of the people uh, and, and it's not it's not this huge percentage of the NASCAR fan base. It's a tiny percentage of the NASCAR fan base who just wanted to go back to the way it was in the 60s and just wants society to go back to the way it was in the 60s. NASCAR's intent and want and desire was in the right place, which is yes, to tell they, those people to shut up. They and, take and, nothing. And to, def- and to defend their guy. And, um, and, and so th- th- this is not indicative of some... Listen, the numbers are out there. It's more than a 1,000 garage garage door pulls out there. And this is the only one that looked like this. So this is not a societal problem. This is not this wide-ranging problem. I mean, you saw all the people lined up to support Bubba Wallace on Monday at Talladega. No matter what it was that caused them to do that, that tells you who those people are. And, And so you can't question the intent. You can't question the desire to do the right thing. You can't question the passion behind defending one of your own and um, and defending your sport from the people that you know. Again, using the Confederate flag as a middle finger all day, on top of finding, you know, what they found in that garage stall at the end of the day. So, so to that point, th- this is not a systemic societal uh, problem in NASCAR. There aren't hundreds of people in the garage that are racist. That that's the problem with that Confederate flag. That's the problem with this noose. You know, is the perception uh, that that's what that garage is, and, and you and I've been in that garage our entire adult life,
0: and we just know that's not the case. I uh, to to your point, I, I can't I can't add anything to that, but I will I will echo NASCAR. The only thing they did wrong was was the statement. That's it. Their their intent to defend Bubba Wallace and to protect Bubba Wallace was just. And that's that. If they had it to do over again, they said it the other day, they would not word the statement as definitively as they did. But they would defend Bubba the way they did. And they would not change that. And they shouldn't. Because if you feel like a member of your family is being attacked... Then you're going to defend that person if you love that person, and that's what they did. Ever and, and and look, I will say this too, and this is not trite. This is not just oh, this is this is the truth. What we saw on Monday from that driving core and that garage area was beautiful, and that entire display was the result was born from the same thing. That I said I was pissed off about. It was rallying around someone you respect so much and care for so much. And Jimmy Johnson, the seven time champion of the sport, the one of the definitive voices of the sport, got up, said himself Sunday night or say, excuse me, Monday, said himself Monday after the race that he was pissed off and angered by what he saw Monday morning when he woke up. He did not know about it until Monday morning. And so he went into the driver chat. They have this, they have this chat room where those guys hash out differences. They come up with ideas that they might take to NASCAR on and on and on. And within that group, Johnson said, I'm going to go stand by Bubba during the anthem. And one by one by one, they filed in behind him. And then Kevin Harvick, 2014 champion, winner of more than 50 races. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Harvick said, I got an idea. We need to push Bubba's car to the front of the field together because he's been leading this charge, and he should be leading it today. And, look, man, uh, you and I have been fortunate. We have a lot of diversity in our careers now. We've been to amazing events and seen amazing things. I I was moved to tears watching that display of unity that day, and I think a lot of people were. So... um. It, I, I, I look, that nobody can take that away from, from Bubba. Seeing his emotion and seeing the tears was just so indicative of everything that he's carried and continues to carry. And everybody that's come at him. And, I mean, people are saying the most wretched things about him and to well, we,
1: him. They, we, it, it became a much larger story because of what it is and because of this conversation we've talked about for a month now. Uh, that's way overdue about racial equality. And because of that, uh, the crazies have run at this thing, uh, you know, like Alfred Hitchcock's birds. And the reality is, is that the crazies will all go away at some point, and so will this small percentage. And I'm telling you, it is a small percentage. They just happen to be loud because they all have smartphones and they have Twitter accounts with nine followers each. Those people, they don't really love NASCAR. Because if they really loved NASCAR, they would support one of their own. And one of their own is the driver of Richard Petty's number forty three Chevrolet, and that's Daryl Wallace Jr. Bubba Wallace. And if you're not standing with him, you're not standing with the sport, and feel free to leave and go do something else. I'm not going after the fan base. I'm going I love the fan base. are those are our people. Yep. I'm going after that tiniest percentage. And when I say redneck to the fan base, they know that's a compliment. When I say redneck to that tiny percentage right there, they know it's an insult and
0: I hope they think it's an insult and I hope they pack it up and they go away. You know one thing that was really, one thing that meant a lot to me this week as I sit here and think at the top of this third hour about everything that that we've experienced in this week and going back and forth with Bubba and his courage through all of this and everything that he's carried and I can't imagine what his emotions must have been on Sunday evening. Um, and 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 my reaction and your reaction. I will tell you this, and and I don't. I'm, I I want to say it on live radio because I want everybody to hear it. I'm really grateful to work for the Disney Company. I'm really grateful that I work for ESPN, a company that backed me one million percent from the president of our company, Jimmy Pataro, down. And in moments of insecurity, when you have that kind of support, uh, it's impossible to articulate exactly how it feels and what it means and how it props you up. And I am extremely, extremely grateful. And I wanted to just steal a minute and say that because uh, it mattered so much to me. I tried very hard on... Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night, I was having some beers with my wife, watching a gorgeous, like, tangerine pink sunset on Lake Norman. And I was just, like, in this moment of kind of pondering everything and, and figuring it out. And I tried to tell her, like, how much that filled me up and how much it bolstered my emotions within that insecurity that I had been feeling and my wife turned to me and she said, you didn't do anything wrong. You don't owe anybody anything. And I understand that the fact that they felt that way as well, it really does um, confirm and validate what you feel in your soul. My wife's really smart. And so I just want to say that, man, we're, we're blessed to work here.
1: Well, and all that you just said where you said I um, am – it's proud to be on the team. I would. I'll substitute uh, we, we, because yeah. uh, I felt the exact same way. And in fact, on Wednesday night, I was watching that same uh, big orange sunset from the mountains of North Carolina, and you and I were texting pictures back and forth um, of our views of that of said sunset. And uh, and my wife was having almost the exact same conversation with me because for the third consecutive day, we had tried to go like go hiking, and uh, every time we would leave the house. Uh, there was more breaking news from Talladega and, uh, to the point that my daughter even said, did they have our house bugged? Like every time we leave
0: to go do something, <laughs> uh, somebody it's really a
1: statement. It, it was, it was crazy.
0: You know, it's really cool. Honestly, people ask me all the time about, Oh, is your wife vet you know, does she love sports? Does she, does she think it's cool that you do this or that? Yeah. I mean, she thinks it's cool that I might go interview this person or that she thinks it's cool that you and I have this platform. But she don't care about. She she doesn't get wild by any of it. Like she don't care, and that's a wonderful sounding board because it is a. It's a very. It's it, it's an unbiased sounding board. In a lot of cases, of course, our wives are going to back us, but the cool part about your wife and mine is that they also they're never gonna. Uh, they're never gonna feed us any false securities, right? right? They're gonna tell us the truth, and I'm so grateful for that. And all right, we can we can move along to Days of Thunder and end the Kumbaya, But nonetheless, I mean it. Like I, I've been wanting to, I've been thinking about that a lot. How fortunate we are that our colleagues, my gosh, our colleagues had our backs so much, and everybody that I work with uh, in my division of the company has been so kind and had our backs. So it's just awesome.
1: Well, and and you know, like we said. And have said all along, um, you know, even if there are passionate missteps along the way, on the marathon that is what this is, Uh, you're on the right side of history if Mm -hmm. you have a problem with the Confederate flag. You're on the right side of history if you have a problem with racists. You're on the right side of history if your, your honest desire is to stand with the people that you support and stand with the people that you love and help people who need help, and uh, and ultimately, race cars aside, football aside, uh, you know, whatever you do, or national anthem aside, what it's about is it's about doing the right thing. And what did you say going into uh, that last break? Be kind. Yep. You know, at, at the end of the day, it, it's a, it's way easier to be nice, and it is way easier to look out for the person. That's sitting next to you, no matter whether you know them or not, no matter whether they look like you or not, or sound like you or not, or speak the same language that you do. Uh, just being nice is way easier than being mean to that person. It just it's just—it takes a lot of energy uh, to be a jerk, too. Yeah, I it mean, just, it you just can, does.
0: you can even the smallest acts of kindness, letting somebody into traffic, um, that is something that simple could completely rewrite somebody's day. Yeah. And they then might pass that act of kindness along and rewrite somebody else's day. And you can, those small acts of kindness can have such a tremendous impact if you just take the time to consider it. And in this world, man, it goes a really long way. And, uh, so I'm just, uh, I'm appreciative. I'm appreciative of it. Um,
1: uh, hey, uh, we've had two, two callers on hold for, Almost the entire Let's take show. And I want I to take him. And, and uh, Jacob in Atlanta is on the line. Uh, Jacob, what's up, bud?
3: Gentlemen, good morning. Thanks Come for on, hanging man. on. Hey, uh, no problem. The best line from Days of Thunder is when Robert Duvall's character tells Tom Cruise, I want you to go back out and hit the pace car. Heck, and yeah. And that deweaverment, hit the pace car? Yeah, you hit everything else today. I want you to be perfect. <laughs> <Heck> yeah.
1: <laughs> and that was, that was, in real life, that was Harry Hyde. That Robert Duvall's Absolutely. character was based on, and it was Buddy Baker at Martinsville. Who Buddy? Buddy's a Hall of Famer, but Buddy was terrible on short tracks. <laughs> so yeah. that's that, that's cool. that's where that came from.
3: I'm going to make this one short, guys. On the I've been a fan from the sport since 1983. My father took me to my first race at Atlanta. Awesome. I took my son to his first race in March 11, 2001. We all know what that day was for Kevin Harvick. We have to evolve and we have to change and I don't want you guys to ever change your passion at all. I will stand with you and I will stand with anybody that wants to include others. It doesn't have to be a right or wrong thing. It's the right thing to do and it's not that hard to do. Like you said, be kind, be nice, be open and be, you know, just be there. That's what we need to do for each other. Just be there. And I appreciate what you guys do for us and you take care and have your day. Appreciate Thank you. you. Jacob.
0: Thank you, Jacob. And it's like there's no question that minds are open way further than they were three months ago in considering other people's perspectives and in considering what other people face on a daily basis and in considering what we may have just uh, even inadvertently suppressed in our own minds for so long. And that's enlightening if we have the self-awareness to consider other people's feelings, then it can be a movement. And I think we're seeing that right now.
1: I think you're right. And it's just, uh, again, it's it's about – I mean, we we talked about this with Clinton Yates, who's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We talked about this with him a month ago, which is, in the end, the conversation. You know, in the end, when you get to a moment like we saw at Talladega on Monday – that Marty so eloquently described where the drivers made the decision to literally circle the wagons and stand around Bubba Wallace and all every crew member in the garage stood with Bubba, Bubba Wallace to show their support.
0: And the king um, got on an airplane for the yeah. first time in three months because a- a- he's...
1: 85 years old and said 82. to hell with COVID. Right, 82 he's 82
0: said, years old, and as a result of COVID-19, he has not come to the racetrack, but he contacted his team and said, I'm going to Talladega because the most important thing in my life right now is to hug my driver. And he went there and he grabbed Bubba Wallace, who was overcome by emotion at the at the show of solidarity from his brothers behind the wheels of those race cars, who together decided we will not let hate win. We will let light win we will be the light in this dark moment and we will propel him emotionally we will prove to him that we are here we will do that together in solidarity and he was overcome with emotion and broke down crying and couldn't help himself and i couldn't either my god i can't imagine being him i can't imagine everything that is on his shoulders and has been on his shoulders and then as he's laying his forehead is on his race car He gets shaken on the shoulders, and it's Richard Petty. And Richard Petty, the most famous name in the history of this thing, is standing there to hug his driver. And who who also, in the context of the moment before the FBI investigation was revealed that it was not a hate crime against Bubba, and everybody thought it was, Richard Petty released a statement that said he was enraged. And you don't hear the king say that kind of stuff very often. He has perma-grin. I've never seen Richard Petty when he did not smile at me with that beautiful, like, solar sun white smile and have a a, a funny quip to say to me. I've never seen... That statement said a lot to me, too. And for Richard Petty to do that, Spoke volumes and what those drivers did was a beauti- just a beautiful moment of humanity. And that's what we that's where we need to be right now, guys. We need to be in a moment where humanity is first. The conversation,
1: no matter how we get there, is the important thing. And the moment, no matter how we get there, is the important thing. And what happened at Talladega Super Speedway on
4: Monday was a moment.
1: Paul and Lexton, welcome into Marty McGee.
4: Cheers from Lexington, guys. How you guys doing? Great, Great man. How you Thanks
1: doing?
4: Great. You know, we all live lives running around all week doing our thing, and what you guys offer weekly is a calm perspective of what's going on in the world, and it's very much appreciated. You know, the the days of people sitting and listening to the radio before all the electronics and glare and sizzle and all that stuff. What you guys are are great storytellers, and you are truly the Mark Twain of today, that whatever the topic is, that you bring it back to humanity, you bring it back to common reason and kindness and friendliness and peace, and you guys are fabulous. And ESPN, they don't know what they have in you guys because, again, when people are out running around on Saturday mornings doing their errands, whatever they're doing, by listening to you guys, they're going to have a nice, calm, enjoyable experience with listening to you guys on the radio. And you guys are fantastic. It
0: means so much, man. Yeah, Thank Paul, you. Thanks. Thank you so much for saying that.
4: You're you're greatly appreciated. Um, you guys, you know, you guys don't blow smoke. I don't blow smoke. I don't think people do enough uh, to tell each other how great we have it in this world, and to tell other people how appreciated they are. And I appreciate you guys. And anybody that listens to you knows you guys are golden. So keep it up. You guys are great.
1: Thank you, Paul. That may, all, means an awful lot. Um, and it's uh,
0: he waited uh, so long to be yeah. able to tell us that. Thank you so much, Paul.
1: Yeah, it's um, it, mean, it means an awful, awful lot. It really does. And the uh, and he and he's you know I'm glad it's nice to hear someone say that. I mean, I listen. We all love to receive compliments, but but that's that's what we're going for, man. And it's just us. It's just, um, it's just, that's, that's who we want to be. That's who we wanted to be when we grew up. So that means an awful lot hearing you say that. And, uh, Paul, thank you very much. And thank you for sitting on hold for so long. And, you know, man, you and I were talking about this during a break. And I was just texting with a mutual friend of ours, um, at the SEC. And it's like, uh, you know, everybody just wants to be mad about something all the time. And everyone's frustrated because people have been stuck in the house. And, um, and it sounds like even those of us who got out of the house for a while might have to go back into the house at some point. Uh, especially if we're going to try to play football this fall, and uh, and that doesn't make it any easier. And um, and everyone's just everyone wants to be mad about something all the time. The undefeated is Clinton Yates has been with us uh, as he will do occasionally in the last half hour of the show. And uh, and and listen. We this morning we have been angry. We have also laughed. Uh, we have been complimented, and we have been called idiots. And now it's time. <laughs> to, uh, now it's time <laughs> to talk about the great idiots of America. It's time for hillbilly <laughs> headlines on Marty McGee.
0: Uh,
3: oh man.
5: It's now time for the Southern Gentlemen's News
0: Briefing. Just kidding. Here are your hillbilly headlines. What you got, Oh, uh, You're all right. I'll lead us off. Uh, I'll lead us off. We're going to head up to, I don't know, this is a New York Post story. I'm not sure where it is. I guess we'll determine that within the, the text. The lead of the story is, you're in trouble. In an incident that redefines sleeping it off, a Chinese man's bladder burst when he unknowingly held his pee for 18 hours after binging on booze. Wow. The 40-year-old man, identified as Mr. Who, reportedly <laughs> fell asleep, <laughs> passed out, after downing 10 bottles of beer during a heavy drinking session the night Damn. prior, without heeding nature's call once, reports. I think this is Zoo, either Zuhi Daily or zuji Daily. It's the best part okay. is Marty trying to pronounce stuff. I can't right. pronounce it. After experiencing searing abdominal pains, the logger logged soul reported to the Zuji People's <laughs> Hospital in... Uh, Eastern China, where a CT scan revealed that his bladder was torn in three places. What? The pee-induced pain was so intense that Hu was unable to lie flat, and he failed to relieve himself of his massive urine reservoir, despite several attempts. Even worse, one of the holes had ruptured toward the patient's abdominal cavity and forced part of his intestine to spill into the bladder. Oh! (laughs) A complication doctors deemed potentially fatal, if not immediately fixed. Woo! Wow. Man. Hey, That's- fellas, don't be proud. If you break the seal, just go pee. <laughs> I know.
5: You got to live to see another day on that. With <laughs> <Put> some <boys laughs> of beer if you can't get up and rally again. That's crazy. All right. I'm going to take you guys down to a little place called Franklin, Tennessee, home of one Jay Cutler who you might know from his NFL days, and you've seen him on his reality show, Very Cavallari. Joe Jay Cumberland. Cutler has a little chicken coop in the back of his house. And he's been trying to figure out who's killing his chickens. Hashtag Save Jay's Chickens. If you watch him on Instagram, I got to tell you, this is funny content, y'all. He's been setting up cameras to try to figure out who it is. And we got a poll. So I'm going to ask y'all, who do you think won this poll? Chicken murder prime suspects. By popular vote. Owl. Weasel. Raccoon. Chupacabra. Cheetah. And here's where it gets real funny. Bigfoot. Or Carol Baskin. Jake Cutler, I see you out here. This is hilarious. However, guys, the winner down there outside of Nashville was, of course, Fox. That's who they think did it. But he doesn't have a camera shot of it yet, so we're still trying to figure it out. But Jake Cutler's got real problems down there on that farm. I just wanted y'all to know that. That's my contribution to Hillbilly Headlines. That was a good one.
1: Literal Fox in the hen house. Exactly. uh, Down there in Franklin, Tennessee, hometown of Daryl Waltrip. Uh, Daryl Waltrip, who has mentioned, uh, you don't see Daryl Waltrip out there using up his tires from days of thunder that was 30 years ago today. All right, boys, let's take it nice. on to uh, Wisconsin Dells, uh, which I've never been there, but I'm told it's lovely. And it's a big, uh, big vacation area. I believe, uh, we got a COVID-19 outbreak at cruising Chubby's strip club. Oh, a Uh-oh. COVID-19 outbreak is confirmed at a strip club in Wisconsin Dells. According to the Juneau County health department.
5: It sorry, records, what was the name of the strip club? Sorry. It was called,
1: it. I'm going to, I'm going to get there because I don't know if I'm allowed to say it that often. I can feel, <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm, I'm looking at producer James right now on video and I'm trying to see. Okay. I'm getting, I'm getting the uh, sign, but I'm going to go ahead anyway. Of course I am. Uh, Juno County Health Department advises if you visited ch- cruising chubby strip club between June 10th and 14th, <laughs> you may have been exposed to COVID-19.
0: I don't know if that's okay. the
1: only thing you've been exposed to.
0: That's funny. I don't if care you're
1: experiencing you symptoms, the department asks you to contact your health provider. Uh, hey, doc, uh, I need to come by there and get me a COVID-19 test. Where do you think you contracted it? Well, I don't know if I want to tell you. And the doctor's going to go, were you at cruising chubbies between June 10th and
0: 14th? Yeah. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <I love it. laughs> so, uh, one of my favorite, absolute, yes, Doc. There's an there's an internet site called Whiskey Riff that's about country music, and I read it all the time. It's very funny, and I'm just gonna read the headline. That's it. It says, "Hillbilly Dad smacks the bleep out of a guy with a sausage for refusing to sell him beer at 9 a.m." Oh.
1: And that was in the Ukraine. So it was I was in the gonna, Ukraine. I, All right, full disclosure, I was going to read that headline. It was way too complicated. You mean I can't have any bush light? Wa-pow! Hey, uh, 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 Clinton, thanks for joining us. We're headed down to Cruz and Chubbies.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the thrill of the revving engine and pure adrenaline of flying down the highway to the confidence of knowing that Geico always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service. But Ari Snyder has one reason in particular. I have extremely large upper arms. They won't even fit into most shirts. Thankfully, biking really embraces vest culture, so I feel accepted. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.